90.1 FM Mount Rock Radio, streaming on mountrockradio.com and a tune-in app. Just search Mount Rock Radio. I'm Rock and Roll Tina, and I'm here in the Glass House in Pomona, California. I'm here with the darkness. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing today? Hot. Hot. Why are you hot? Well, because it's really, really hot here, isn't it? It's California. Come closer, Frankie. Come on. Get over here. Get over here. No, it is. <laughs> All right, so guys, let's get this interview started, okay? Frankie, I know you gotta go, but you're gonna stay here, okay? I'll stay as long as you tell me to. At this very moment, I'm meeting one of my heroes. Growing up meeting your heroes, did you guys ever fear they're going to be a jerk or a big disappointment? Good question, eh? Mm-hmm. I suppose I've shot, uh, I've met many of my heroes. But I tend to think what it's like for them when they're in a public situation, so I never really approach people like that. And then I suppose when you are introduced to somebody like that, mm-hmm. it's difficult, it's really tough, yeah. I can empathise with you. So many people say that, don't they? It's awkward, isn't it, when you meet somebody that you've looked up to, it's so tough. You almost don't want to break to shatter the illusion that you have as well. Have you ever tried acting cool in front of your heroes? No, I think that's a bad idea. What about you, Dan? I probably have, yeah, just because I'm a human being, you know. Um, Yeah, I guess I've been quite lucky we've got to meet some of our heroes, I suppose, you know. Not literary, because they're normally sort of dead, aren't they? Because you can't actually honestly answer that question, because if you you say, oh, I met so-and-so and and he was complete penis, um, then, you know, that's not going to bode well. But the people that I've met um, that I've got on famously with and and were definitely not a disappointment were... um, uh, say top of the pile would be Brian May and Jimmy Page. Um, You've yeah. actually met Jimmy Page? I actually, um, I was on a panel of um, judges for this Guitarist of the Year competition. It was myself, Brian May and Jimmy Page and the editor of Guitarist magazine. Yeah, we had all these, uh, I think there were 11 guitarists and we sit, sat at this panel, it was a bit like X Factor kind of thing. And while these guys sort of noodled away, that was a pretty cool day. Heroes. Well, to be honest, if they're not a jerk, that's that's when it's disappointing. You want them to be a jerk. Yeah, because you want you want people to um, you don't want them to be nice. Like um, I'll give you one example. We, we Dan and I went to uh, to watch We Will Rock You with as guests of Brian May. Oh wow! And Brian May was always ever so ever so nice to us, and almost to a fault, like to the point where you think, oh, it's, it's actually too nice. And then he sort of elevated himself to mega hero again when a woman came up to him and said um brian brian you gotta have your picture taken with me and he went um no i don't have to do that fused because of the way she asked and i thought that was brilliant and then you want them to be away with the fairies and i think it's better when they're not as um just polite and nice so yeah i mean jerk's good in my opinion that's a surprising answer what about you rufus um i haven't had any experiences like that i don't think so it's a tricky one So when I met Stephen Tyler, he um he was really nice to me, and he said, and um, at the end of the sort of liaison, he said um he gave me his phone number, and he said, you can call me anytime. Phone's always right here, and pointed to his belt, and he had his mobile <laughs> clipped onto his belt. But that was pretty cool. I did call him actually.
Janie and Rosalind from the Darkness Army are asking this question to you, Frankie. Will Frankie ever see Conquerors live? No idea. Who knows what's going to happen? Doesn't matter what, what's said now because we chop and change quite often and we've got a lot of dates coming up. So you just never know what we're going to do. We're the kind of band that uh, uh, we refuse to let things go stale. So we offer each other challenges. So there's gauntlets that have to be um, navigated. So it's possible, yeah. There you go, Janie and Rosalind. Go to your show and you'll see. from the Darkness Army is asking, what is your favorite thing to do before a show? If you're tired, it's nice to have a little rest. <laughs> little snooze. Um, quick power nap, uh, and then right before, jump around a bit, get the blood going, I guess. Exercising before the show, do you think that's bad? I don't. They do that to get their heart rate up, I think, so that you're not flying in and you don't sort of have a coronary. I mean, we used to kind of um, have our own rituals, in- including we each had a personal sort of um, drinking ritual but that it's kind of gone out the window thankfully and it's more about um, I guess if one, if one thing that happens before we go on stage we become argumentative with each other and uh, we have quite cynical conversations and it's it's pretty bleak backstage I think it's purging I think it's probably it a is. purging yeah <laughs> because when we go on stage we want to be purged of all negative energy and want to tap into some kind of euphoric engineering kind of Face. I'm awesome. seeing you guys are more relaxing. Frankie was eating a burger in front of me, and you guys are just hanging out. Why was Frankie eating a burger? I've never seen Frankie eat a burger. Where did he before. get the burger? I don't know. Why do Why do you want to know, Rufus? I would love a burger right now. Someone get Rufus a burger, guys. when you guys see younger fans at the shows? Old. Old? Why old? You guys are not even old. You guys look really young to me. I was brought up never to believe uh, what people from uh, California say. <laughs> oh no, come on. Oh, that's any of the harsh. I didn't mean that the harsh way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, Relieved. Why? Uh, because um, I think if it's all one age group, then you're sort of, um, you're in danger of, if, especially if it's an older audience, you're in danger of being a, a um, revival act or, you know, some sort of heritage band but um so when you see young people you think oh this is great we appeal to more than just people our age you know you don't have to worry because there's a lot of younger fans who love you guys yeah i'm not worried no i'm, I'm relieved awesome. i was i was worried actually you're right you shouldn't be worried <laughs> <laughs> i'm not worried anymore Alright, Megzi is asking from the Darkness Army, ever consider releasing an acoustic album? I was thinking about that literally only this morning. Wow. Thinking maybe it's time for a Led Zepp 3. I'd love to do that. I think it's um, something that would be, would be really cool, but... I could see it being maybe because we want to increase the output of our albums to like one a year, maybe um, 
uh, yeah, maybe it would be like realistically, maybe it'd be like one proper album every two years, and then maybe an acoustic album on the year, and then would have to be the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have to be the darkness way of doing acoustic. I mean, it takes me back to the first couple of acoustic gigs we did um, back in two thousand and two, I think it was, maybe three. And um, Justin, um, on his very first one, in fact, uh, after uh, was it happily the first song, happily the second song, he just kind of took his top off and then started walking amongst the crowd. And, uh, and he finds it difficult to do the. Um, well, he just isn't interested in doing the uh, tortured, introspective kind of thing. You know, he wants to entertain and be there. And also, he wants to project his voice as well, usually. So, um, yeah, that's why we do less acoustic stuff now. We do less acoustic stuff in, in radio stations now, also because you lack control. And we like to be more in control these days. Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing is to uh, complain about something you've done or you've, you've sold yourself short. So we try to avoid that at all costs now. I think it would be cool to make a, an acoustic album and approach it from a completely different perspective. So you take out the element of powerful seto and all these kind of things and add in just maybe kind of more folky, mystical, somber kind of um, lyrics and, and melodies and, and do something that's completely different and something that we may never play live and just, just have it as this little thing that exists on its own. I'd love to do something like that. Yeah, we'd like to avoid the cliches, yeah. basically. There's just so much acoustic music around now. And it's only if there's a need for it, if we're really kind of bringing something to the table. Well, knowing the fans will be there for you guys. And I like the whole mystic and folk. I like that. Reminded mm. me like Dio. We are, we are very mystical people. Um, I would hate that. I don't mind. Well, you know, things like acoustic sessions, I really hate doing them. Because I think it's, um, they sound bad. Um, and we arrange the songs in the way we arrange them for a reason, you know. So um, whenever we get asked to do acoustic sessions, I always say, no, we'll do full electric, but we'll sit down. And that's the concession that we'll make, you know. Um, think of one acoustic album that's actually good. I don't want you to say GNR Lies, because it isn't. There's a couple of good songs on there, most of it's rubbish. You want me to think about an acoustic think of album? one acoustic album that's good. Hmm. Brian Adams' MTV Unplugged, that's very good. You like that one? Mm, but it's got a big orchestra in it. It's not strictly a... Now I'm thinking about it, I don't have any yeah, favourite acoustic albums. The reason why is because they're rubbish. Yeah I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go with that. Justin's yeah. just giving me straight answers. He's being the jerk he wanted to be. He's being the jerk. That means he's a hero. He's my hero. He's a jerk. He's being a hero. <laughs> Phyllis. This name sounds very familiar. Phyllis. Okay, Phyllis is asking, when am I going to finally get, insert a word we cannot say on the radio, copy of the album? <laughs> When is mm-hmm. get a vinyl copy? Yeah, she wants a copy of the album. How? Why haven't you guys gave her an album? Uh, she not got one. No, she said no. Oh, weird. Um, well, I guess um, uh, when we get back to the UK, Phyllis is from the UK, right? Yeah, I think so. We don't really know who Phyllis is. It's kind of a mystery, don't you think, Dan? It's, a, it's an incredible, um, incredibly mysterious person in question there. No one really knows who or what Phyllis is. Mm-hmm. Some say they've seen her. I think I've seen her. You think? So you don't really talk to Phyllis? Well, yes, but it's kind of, it's more of a, a cyber presence, really, you know. Um, I don't think Phyllis is comfortable um, with being seen in person, really. Well, guess what? What? <laughs> I'm going to find her.
<laughs> You'll see. I'll find her. The old lady, or maybe she's not a lady. Maybe she's a man. You can out her. I'm going to find her. Out her. I'm going to be hiding and everything, looking for her. Yeah. It's getting harder to tell the older she gets, to be honest. <laughs> but Phyllis... She's, she's got a more... She's got a fuller beard than me. But Whoa. <laughs> I, I say that with affection. Phyllis seems to fancy you, though, Justin. <laughs> well, she's, uh, she's still got ovaries. Whether they look like... <laughs> Anastasia from the Darkness Army is asking, what is your craziest fan encounter? The expression fan is a, an abbreviation of fanaticism or fanatic. And um, it's, so it's all crazy, you know. I think so probably the craziest encounters I've had with has been when I'm the fan, you know. Like I keep talking about that wonderful evening with um, his dad. <laughs> all right, all right then. Let's talk about this then. Justin, what's your craziest fan encounter that you had with someone? Um, with Rufus's dad. What did you do? I can't say. Why not? Because I've recently applied for a visa to work in the country, <laughs> and uh, some of the things that happened would would uh, nullify it. It would prove me a liar in the form. We'll never know, but he'll probably tell me after. Craziest fan encounter is probably Russia, uh, <laughs> the country of extremes. What uh, happened in Russia? Yeah, well, we were supporting Lady Gaga, and it was a, quite a long stint there. It was five months of it, and. It, finished up quite close to Christmas time and uh, we were feeling a bit delirious at the end of it all and um, we uh, decided to do an unrehearsed version of our Christmas song even though the Russians uh, have a different Christmas tradition think than we have in the UK and uh, they wouldn't have heard it before we absolutely murdered our, our Christmas song which probably people in the States haven't heard either um, Christmas time done at the Bell's End and then after the gig we walked outside it was minus 20 maybe minus 25 and centigrade that is and uh, this guy was there and he was just Oh, just beyond, I mean, I have no idea how to describe his mental condition. Um, Fruit Looper. Yeah, he had a crazy banner that had, um, what did it, can you remember what it said? I can't remember. Oh, Jesus, sorry, I can't remember, but um, anyway. Uh, did you just call him a Fruit Looper? Flag. Yeah, f he was a Fruit Looper, that's a good description. Not job. Oh my God. But at the same time, he was, he was lovable. There was something really, he just wanted to hug the guy, just on another planet. And that took as a compliment. You know, I like it when people are that like us. It's funny when um, people still get it sometimes, maybe certain countries where you just someone meets you and then they just start trembling and then start crying mm -hmm. so it's quite a weird thing isn't it what do you actually do in that situation you know it's, um, I feel uncomfortable when they're shivering cold yeah this <laughs> guy was shivering cold that was the main thing about him and we've had it before as well I saw a couple and they had a kid you know and the kid was only about 11 and um, they were subjecting they were like projecting onto him that he was a darkness fan and he was like freezing in a t-shirt um, in, in the winter in the north of England and I just thought that was off. I thought that was taking too. Thought was taking it too far. So you, de you definitely get um, darkness families, don't you? There's one in Australia, isn't there? Mm -hmm. that, like send, a, send us a picture. Megzy, that was Megzy. Oh, was it? Yeah, mm -hmm. you know so Megzy. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was about five or six of them, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a great family. Yeah, Jeez. awesome. And each one of them had a different darkness T-shirt on. Yeah. How many different generations? Three, was it? I think so. Incredible. Wow. Wow. 
stage performance. You guys have always had such great stage performance, always interacting with the crowd and being exciting. Do you believe that the new generation of bands are lacking in stage performance? Um, I, I, that's, a, that's a tough one to answer, really. I mean, bands these days, there are less and less kind of showmen and front men, I suppose. So uh, it's kind of things are more kind of alternative and band-based, aren't they? So I guess maybe. It depends what type of music's in fashion at any moment in time. You know, I mean, I think we're, we're, we're not, we've never been in fashion really and we never will be. So we'll always be that kind of um, band that wears silly outfits and, and just does what they want. No, I actually think they're getting better at it. Not that I've seen any new yeah. bands. <laughs> I haven't been to a gig for years. Um, no, but I feel like it's, um, it had a low point in the late 90s. Mm. And I feel like it's picked up a bit since... Um, Depending on the genre really as well, don't you think? Yeah. A, lot, a lot of more poppy stuff, I find they don't really have, know how to talk to the crowd. Yeah. I've seen bands, they'll just stay right there by the mic, and they'll sing, and they think that's everything, that's done, we're going to fangirl, yeah. but honestly, you want people like going into the crowd and going crazy. You know? Yeah, actually interacting. I, instead went, of, uh, I went to a gig in, um, in Dubai once, and it was, um, you know the three tenors? Well, one of them was Pavarotti. Right? Mm-hmm. Not that guy. Who were the other two? Because <laughs> it was one of the other ones. The blind one? No, no, you're thinking of something. <laughs> really? Yeah, you're thinking of something else. Yeah, that's another guy. Sam, do you know this? No. Who are the three tenors? No, I don't know what I'm trying to think now. I don't it was basically, it wasn't, it wasn't Enrico. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Pavarotti. It was one of the other two. And um, he sang all these sort of classic tenor opera songs. And in between, I was expecting some banter or some sort of jovial tales about, you know, what the songs mean to him. And there was nothing. Nothing? Literally nothing. Like, all it was was him sort of like, um, he would stop singing, and then he'd sort of pick up some sheet music, turn the page, put it back on the thing, and then the band would kick off and he'd start another song. Sounds exciting. Well, the good thing was there was a meal as well, so it was like a... Oh, okay, so you're eating and you're being disappointed, but you're eating. Yeah, and in a way, I suppose it gave us a chance to sort of talk amongst ourselves. Justin, I know you've been the father of Bonnie for so long. Do you guys know that there is a Darkness Dog Owners Club on Facebook? What do you guys <laughs> think about that? And by the way, there's reptiles, there's cats. Everyone's like, dogs, only dogs. No, there's other animals. Really? Oh That's God. good. It's good that they've opened it out. Um, I wasn't aware of, I don't do Facebook, mm-hmm. so I wasn't aware of them. Um, they should change it, though. Not, not dog owners, it should be like animals. They should get some pandas in there, I think. Yeah, just some rare, more rare stuff. Yeah. It's good to see a domesticated uh, rare animal. Yeah. Let's be nice. fair. Let's be fair, include the rare. Dan, you produced Last of Our Kind. Any advice for people like me who want to produce albums? You want to produce albums? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess um, experience is key, isn't it? You know, you've just got to make um, lots of mistakes and um, until you kind of uh, find the right way of doing things, you know. I mean, you can read a lot about what to do and, and ways to do things, um, but that's, I'm, I guess I'm talking more about engineering, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, the, the, the way to get a band sounding good is to get their songs right and the arrangements right and the key right, so you can make a record 80% better by being in a rehearsal room with a band, just focusing on the songs. 
and it doesn't doesn't the magic doesn't always happen in the studios mm-hmm. you know what I mean it all has to be there in the first in the first place so uh yeah preparation is key do you think a good album would be just being with the band getting the vibe going working with them yeah you've got to be, become part of the band really there's no other way to do it is asking Justin I know you like photography any inspired photographers um, Simon Emmett is my favourite photographer I think he's the person that knows how to take a picture it's that simple really Emmett Emmett there Simon you go Emmett. Brooke there master, you go I, I call him a lensman lensman master lensman because he does moving pictures as well yeah I'm going to check him out yeah I think you like his work How did you figure out that you could hit vocals like that? Um, to be honest, I thought everybody could. I didn't. I didn't think I was doing anything particularly wild. Well, when did you start singing? I don't know. I heard a Maybe story. Maybe as a child. Maybe as a child. I'm not sure really. I heard a story that you did a karaoke song, and then all suddenly they're like, "Oh, Justin's a singer." Well, of course I am. I am a karaoke master. Really? But that that story's been uh, missed. Misretold. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the karaoke thing was actually um, interpretive dance. I wasn't actually singing Bohemian Rhapsody. I was, da- I was, you know, physicalizing the lyric. What's the word? Because I, was, I started as a guitar player, and then I wanted to be a sort of composer for TV music and films and stuff. So I learned how to play. Um, well, I, I studied a bit of composition stuff when I was at college. So and it was more keyboard based, and the singing happened through necessity because we didn't have a singer. What about you, Rufus? When did you find out that you could drum, or maybe because of your dad? Did he teach you? Uh, no, not really. Um, it was more um, kind of if if I didn't know how to play a certain song, I'd ask him the general gist of how it goes, and that's as far as that went really. But uh, uh, I, I think about twelve was the age I could sort of suddenly realise yeah it doesn't actually sound all that bad kind of thing. Did you always want to be a drummer? Yeah. I heard you guys are going to play a keyboard song today. There'll be a couple of keyboard songs today. Really? Yes. I'm excited. I'm not. Why not? <laughs> no I like it. It's a good moment because I sit down and, um, and it takes me out of my comfort zone so it's nice to sort of um, sit down and concentrate on what I'm doing for a minute. Well, this will be my first darkness show tonight. So, mm-hmm. Nice. So let's, let's see if you guys rock. Wow, you guys are nice. going to rock. His too, his too. Oh, my boyfriend's here. He wants to ask a question. Uh, hey, Justin, I wanted to ask you, um, what was the very first guitar that you've ever owned? Um, good question, because I'm not quite sure what the model was, but it was a Charvel, a red one. It had one pickup on it. It was a humbucker. It just had one volume control, no tone. Um, pointy headstock, super flat thing. I had, and I had it modified later by a man called David Roper. He put a um, Kayla trem system on it. From that, it was an Ibanez RG550, and then it went to Les Pauls, Dave Les Pauls. Well, thanks for the interview. Last of Our Kind is the newest album. You check it out. You be the judge. I'm not going to say it's the best album in the world because all their albums rock. Just check it out. It's a face melter. I'm Rock and Roll Tina. This is 90.1 FM Mount Rock Radio. And this is... Dan Hawkins. And this is... Justin Hawkins. And this is... 
Rufus Taylor. See you later, guys. Thanks for listening.